I want to start with a poem and it's called Death and it's written by Scott Wilson. I sit on a couch, hospital bed close, railings sharply cold. I lean in with the asking. Her reply, simple, raw, stripped of modesty. I take her in, thinning hair, unsteady breath, gaunt face, lengthening as I watch. She talks about fishing and floating on rivers and dogs. I think of a boat on the Missouri and reeling in a trout and my father's smile. She keeps talking, never mentioning death or dying. She says she wants to ride the airlift at the fair. I do the math. Two months away, one month too long. I feel a tear start to roll down my cheek. She pretends not to notice. So how do we start to think about and talk about hope with our patients? And I know this, it can feel very challenging as, as clinicians and we come in and we would like people to have an experience and be able to have some of that healing, have some of that forgiveness and, and really sort of come to terms with what's happening. And sometimes when we're in situations where somebody is talking about uh, hope for a cure, a hope for a miracle, those conversations can feel very uncomfortable because we really want to make sure that, that they understand what's actually happening. You know, that's our fear that uh, someone will die or, or the family's not ready and someone will die and it'll be a bit of a shock. And so we uh, can sometimes jump to the word denial or we might hear from our referral source or the provider, oh, this person's in denial, I've given them information and they are still thinking or talking about a cure or, or those sorts of things. And so it's not uncommon for our patients to be in those, um, in those situations, in, the, in those feelings. Uh, and I would also say it's not uncommon as a human response to receiving information that your uh, life expectancy is, is short. If we put ourselves in our patient's situations and think, if I got that news that I had, say, three months to live, um, there would be a part of me, even though I've worked in end-of-life care for so many years, there would always be a part of me that would say, well, maybe I'm going to be different. Maybe I'm going to be the one that lives five years, ten years, however many years, or I'm going to go into remission or whatever that might be. I don't think it's abnormal at all. I think it's a quite normal human response. So rather than us sort of coming at it as, I really want to make sure you understand, sort of stepping back and saying, okay, let's talk about it. What are you hoping for? If I'm hoping for a cure, I'm hoping for a miracle, whatever that might be. Okay, what else are you hoping for? And that's where we start to dig into the, the uh, things that we can actually help people with. You know, I'm hoping to have my pain better managed. I'm hoping to be able to go to the ocean again or whatever that might be we can start to build a plan of care from those questions. If, if we stop at that first initial, what are you hoping for? And they say, I'm hoping for a cure and sort of immediately think, well, this person's in denial. I'm gonna give you more information. 
um, that may or may not help our, our relationship or rapport with that patient. So being curious, help me understand where you're coming from. And if somebody's talking about miracles and those sorts of things, also being curious, you know, when you say that, help me understand what you mean by that. Because again, we can't, we can't make assumptions about what people are actually meaning uh, when they talk about some of those things. So really being curious. The other tool to use is uh, the wish, worry, wonder. You know, I do wish that uh, you could be cured because that's not untrue. Um, I worry that, you know, if, if that doesn't happen, I worry about whatever that might be. I'm worried your family won't be prepared. I'm worried uh, that, you know, we, that you are not going to uh, have all the information that you need, whatever that might be. Um, and then I wonder, I wonder if we can just talk about a plan B today. Um, and it gives them a little bit of control, also aligns you with them in terms of, you know, we're all hoping for that, um, that first thing. These are my concerns, right? Because we are skilled clinicians, we do have concerns. And, uh, you know, let's, is it okay if we sort of talk about some of those things? So another way I say it is, it, it's our role to hold that hope with you. And I'm not gonna use the word but, I'm gonna use the word and. Uh, it's also our role to let you know about things that are causing us concern. Is it okay if I share some of those concerns today? So thinking about that, and, and so often we hear, you know, family members say, well, I don't want them to give up hope. And, and, and we don't necessarily want them to give up hope either. So sort of aligning again with people of saying, well, help us understand, you know, what are your fears around that? Why, why do you think uh, they're going to give up hope? And what does that mean for you? And really being curious and, and open to some of those conversations can open up a really lovely communication and understanding between us and a patient and family. So um, using some of those tools to explore hope uh, can really be helpful. And um, moving away from that idea of, of denial and really moving towards how do I support you in your hope? And how do I also just sort of um, let you know about your options, let you know about what I'm concerned about? those sorts of things. So the other piece, obviously there's a, there can be cultural components within that as well. So, um, you know, again, asking some of those questions, what, what do we need to know as we provide care to you? And, and if family members are concerned about, you know, talking about loss of hope or that, or whatever that might be, again, being curious and, and just asking some of those questions, you know, what do you think, what sort of language do you think we should be using? You know, how do we have some of these conversations? If, if this person asks a question, you know, this is kind of what I would say, and you know, really sort of planning in advance of if this comes up, what are we gonna do, and, and those sorts of things. And so that everybody's on the same page, that people feel comfortable, confident, so that we as clinicians also feel comfortable and confident that we're not keeping things from people, but also being able to um, respond where people are in terms of their process and their beliefs and those sorts of things. So it can be a really challenging situation if you are having some of these conversations or, or struggling with this, you know, reaching out to your team members, reaching out to whoever that might be that can support you in, in having some of these more difficult conversations.